one in two people now get cancer. And the most common form of cancer is breast cancer, which actually my mum got and unfortunately passed away with about six years ago. It was a very difficult time and actually interfered with a cancer diagnosis that I had. And it was really interesting how I managed that as well as taking her to and from hospital. To say it was a stressful time is uh, not putting too fine a point on it. But today I'm going to be talking to somebody who's got a different experience. I'm talking to Neil Ben, who is a writer and director of comedy drama. Uh, so not only does he have his own business, he's a single father, and uh, he's been diagnosed recently uh, with uh, breast cancer. Yes, men get breast cancer too. So we're going to be talking about what that's been like for him, how he's managed the stresses of all of that. But before we do that, I'm going to ask Ben, I'm sorry, I'm always calling you Ben, aren't I? Because I know a Ben Neil. <laughs> I just call you Wolfrey. I'm so sorry. It's so rude. Never mind. We've got it a is. relationship. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I'm just having a scratch here. <laughs> you see, you said I write comedy drama. We're, we're, we're going to have a fun one, aren't we? we are. Yeah, actually, it's good to laugh, even though we're talking about something really serious. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Charles. What, Charles? What Who? That was a joke. Um, okay. What it is that stresses him out on a day-to-day -day basis? Probably this conversation. What stresses me out? Clearing up after people. I have two teenage kids. It was my birthday yesterday. I came oh. down this morning and the sink was full of their dirty washing up. And I have a dog, bless him. He's lovely, he's sweet, he'll come in and out. And he brings in stuff from the garden and he chews it up on the floor. Who has to clean it up? Me. Can you tell I'm getting stressed about that already? It's just <laughs> like, yeah. you know what? I've got enough to do rather than have to clear up after you guys. You know, and that's what that's one of the things that stresses me. Yeah, I think that's a really common problem, isn't it? When you've got teenagers and trying to teach them how to be responsible in the house, it, it's pretty difficult. I mean, I dropped a lot of hints yesterday. I said, it's my birthday. It would be lovely not to have to clear up after you today. Did they get it? <laughs> Maybe less of the hints and more of the instruction. More difficult with dogs, though, isn't it? Well, well yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. But then that comes down to my kids because my son's job is to empty the recycle bin. Yeah, and he doesn't overflow, so the dog then pulls stuff out the recycle bin and starts chewing it on the floor. So if he did his clearing up job, my son, not my dog, then my dog wouldn't have stuff to chew on the floor. Ah, so he's to blame for a lot of stuff, really. He is, yeah, yeah, typical. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so let's come in, uh, come along now to something a, a lot more serious, which is the diagnosis that you had. Um, mm -hmm. So. Um, that must have been a hell of a shock for you. Tell me, tell me a little bit about it. Well, you say it must have been a terrible shock. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Okay. You know, it was interesting. So it, I, I approach all these things in life like I do everything. It's like it's just another thing to deal with. So I had a, a you know the story of the princess and the pea? I do. And the princess sleeps on loads and loads of mattresses but can still see the pea underneath it. I sleep on my front. And I felt something and I thought, what's this? It's something in the bed. And it wasn't. It was a lump. And, you know, men don't check themselves. It's like we're not told to. It's not something we do. But I felt this. I thought, oh, that's a bit strange and thought nothing of it. And then um, another week or two later, I thought, oh, it's getting a bit big, a bit harder. So this was in October, November time. Tried to get an appointment with my GP. You know what that's like had a telephone consultation a couple of weeks after trying to get an appointment 
And then she said, come in straight away. And that was another five days. Went in and said, right, um, we need to get that checked out at the breast clinic. Um, and they will see you within two weeks. Now, there was a cancellation, so I got seen within four days at the St Albans Breast Clinic. And that was like the second week of November. And they did ultrasound and they did prodding and poking and got a biopsy. And the consultant said, suspected breast cancer. We won't know until the uh, results of the biopsy come back. And um, But I knew the way the ultrasound operator, what do you call them, uh, radiologist was talking and looking, that it probably was. And I went back the following week and they told me, and I'm very pragmatic about these things. And what needs to be done? What do we have to do? How do we have to do it? When can we do it? And I was in surgery two weeks before Christmas and they chopped the lump out and all the all the fatty tissues and everything around. And they also have to do a test when they test the lymph nodes to see if it hasn't gone up. Um, and that was just before Christmas. All well, done very quickly. That is done very, although you had to, you had quite a wait before you saw the doctor though, didn't you? That's yeah. kind of a bit worrying when you've got to wait so long. Um, so how about being a bloke? Uh, what that was like if you, if you, did you tell people about it? And what was their response? Well, the first thing, where it was going to the breast clinic because there was a waiting room full of women understandably and my heart goes out to all of them and i was the only guy there and i felt a bit of a fraud and i felt a little bit conspicuous and i thought they're probably all thinking i'm looking at their breasts or you know and all that kind of, and all that stuff was going on and i was um and afterwards when i had the diagnosis i sat with the cancer nurse afterwards and, and they always do it afterwards because in case you kind of fall over and get all wobbly. I didn't, but because that's the way I deal with things. And I asked her, so how many guys do you speak to? She said, well, I've been a cancer specialist nurse here in the hospital for seven years. And you're the third man I've had this conversation with. Oh, so really? Yeah. Because it, the reason I'm reacting like that is I did a little research and apparently a lot of men get it. It's, it's really... Um, well, according to the um, the oncologist that I saw afterwards, he said it's one in eight women will yeah. get breast cancer and about one in about 1,200 men. Oh, so I must have been looking at the wrong data. <laughs> but anyway, so one, Basically, one in every hundred or yeah. a little bit less than one in every hundred breast cancers are men. So if you say one in eight women, get it, 100 times eight is 800. Yeah, yeah. You're testing my maths now. Yeah. That will never work out. <laughs> okay. So um, so you told that story really quickly. What? And, uh, you know, you've got two kids. You've got, you've got a new dog as well because it, it, yeah. it's a puppy that you've got. Yeah, it? he's almost a year old now, yeah. yeah. It's his birthday on the day after Valentine's Day. And you've got a really busy job as well. So, and it was Christmas. So you've got all of these things going on. So, yeah, it was like, okay, it's, you know, and not last autumn, the previous autumn, I had major spine surgery. So I've had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I think, oh, another thing to deal with. And then you can always see the positive. It's like a couple of weeks before Christmas. What is the best time to not be able to work? Christmas because no one's doing anything and yes the telly's there and there's the, the telly's a little bit better over Christmas and I thought and also my my kids go up 
in the school holidays and spend time with their mum. So I thought, okay, great, it's going to work. I'll have the operation. I'll get sorted. I'll. Um, my girlfriend was really sweet. I stayed with her for a week, and then I came home, and then kids went up to their mums. Now my kids are sixteen and eighteen, and this was the first time I let left them alone for more than a single night on their own. It was almost a week. Now I was just down the road, and if something happened, um, and my parents were around, and my brother and sister, so they had a week of looking after themselves in the house on their own. So it benefited them enormously because I was talking to my daughter about it. And she said, you know what, I'm a little nervous about being on my own, but I'm also really excited because I can start being independent. And my son says, well, it makes no difference if you're here or not, because he's in bed most of the time and he cooks his own stuff. So, you know, and so I... She's looking for that independence. She is. And so I now know that my kids can look after themselves if I'm not there for a while, as long as they've got food in the fridge and a little bit of money. So that opens things up for me as a single dad to go off and do more things. Yeah. Benefits of it. Yeah. Okay. So um, any tips for other people that might be going through this? So your tip is to kind of just kind of make the most of the situation. I've been thinking about this. I mean, the way I dealt with it was, do you know what? I was surprised. I'm a bloke. I didn't know blokes got breast cancer. So I started talking about it. I did a couple of Facebook lives, posted a bit about it on social media. And the feedback I got was amazing because one of my friends is a a GP and he kept saying, thank you so much for posting this because guys don't get it. And you speak about it so eloquently. So I have that, you know, I'm happy to share about it. And but what I do is I use humour. So I'll go, so I'm feeling a bit of a right tip. This one's left, you know. <laughs> it's And that's where, and it's like, um, I'm already working on my Edinburgh show, which is called Mansectomy. And um, I'm looking forward to getting, because they had to take the nipple off as well. I'm looking forward to getting a nipple tattoo. And I'm going to get one, of, one with um, uh, a piercing tattooed on as well. So I'll have a nipple ring. Because, and the way I say it is because, um, you know, these Facebook things like, have you had a, you know, have you skydived? Have you got a tattoo? Have you got a piercing? I haven't got a tattoo or a piercing, but I can get both done at the same time. So I can then tick more things on Facebook. That's the only reason I'm doing it. And for the comedy value. Oh, so Edinburgh? That's brilliant. Well, maybe, but I do it for that. And um, one of the things I'm doing at the moment, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, a writer, director, comedy-ish, getting back into telly. I, I, I haven't been doing much telly for quite a long time because I brought the kids up, but now they're teenagers, I can do that. I'm working on, and actually the series has been pitched to Channel 4. It's about a single dad, would you believe, bringing up two kids on his own who happens to have a disability. Um, and one of the episodes is called Breasts because he notices a lump, what his girlfriend notices a lump in his boob. So I'm using my experience to share with other people so that they can think, ah, okay, because I'll be, you know, I was really lucky. I got it early. They chopped it out. Oncologist said, we've got everything out. There's no other cancer in your body. Your 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 level of whatever it is that you've got in it means you don't need to have chemo. We'll put you on the, um, the hormone therapy. And if you take that, you've got a 3% chance of it coming back in the next nine years. I mean, you can't get better than that 3% chance can't get better yeah. than that. that's just fantastic and then also genetics wise i had the genetic testing because 
um, my cousin, bless her, she passed away from breast cancer and my gran had it. So I thought it's in the family, but there's no genetic marker. So again, I'm, it was just one of those things. So I've had it, it's been done, it's chopped up, I'm recovering and I'm going to get on with it. Yeah. Because we got it early enough. Yeah. But it was quite an aggressive one. And had I not got it for another six months, we might be talking a very different story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another tip there and it, it, there, there then, sorry, is to check yourself. And when you get symptoms of anything that could be that to get help as soon as possible. And that, that way your treatment plan is a lot easier. So much easier. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So, you know, my, uh, my lump was about, I think they measured it to about three centimeters and it was about two centimeters when I first noticed it. Yeah. And that so over those four weeks, it grew a centimeter. So, you know, had I not, hard. yeah, yeah, so, but that, but it hadn't spread beyond the 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 lump. Yeah, brilliant. But they have to what they do. They chop out the lump and the surrounding tissues, just in case it spread, and then they check the the nodes and the lymph nodes or whatever. Yeah, because it often does go to the lymph, doesn't it? Yeah. So when, when my mother had it, it just went everywhere. It was, it was awful to, yeah. to witness that in, in a... In and a it would, I think it probably would have done had I not got it when I got it. So I count, count myself as, as lucky. You're lucky that you sleep on your tummy. I am, yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks very much for that. Uh, so I always ask my guests if there's a book that they've read that has been enlightening or... Uh, or inspirational that other people might find the same way and you've got something in mind haven't you? I have and um it's called The Dip yeah by Seth Godin is it Godin do you know Godin? I, I say Godin but I, Godin. I Godin. Seth Godin. everything's with a French accent <laughs> everything for a French accent right and I noticed because I I when talking about doing this interview I thought yeah this is what I'm going to talk about I picked up a few days ago and I've noticed that my bookmarker is only in up to page 32 and this isn't a very big book it goes up to page 76 or a bit more but it made a massive difference just reading it I'm going to read you what it says and then I'm going to tell you the difference it's made so he says every new project or career or relationship starts out exciting and fun then it gets harder and less fun until it hits a low point a really hard really not fun low point at this point you might be in a dip which will get better if you keep pushing or it will be a cul-de-sac which will never get better no matter how hard you try the hard part is knowing the difference and acting on it so at the beginning of the book he talks about athletes and pop stars and stuff and how the very very few people make it really really successfully because what they do they get into the dip and they push through and they push through and push through and at the other side they are so far advanced to everybody else but all they do is focus on that one thing mm. however a lot of people get into doing stuff and think i'm going to keep doing that and keep it and they're never going to be brilliant at it so at that time that I read this, I was already kind of humming or harring whether I'm going to get back into telly or not, because I had to stop um, directing TV when I became a single dad, um, or whether I was going to focus on, you know, my online video training business that I've been running, and that's how we met and stuff. And I was doing a lot of networking, and I wasn't really enjoying it, but I was doing it because I could do it. 
and I read this and I got this light bulb, light bulb moment when it was, am I doing the network and the business because I can do it? Or am I doing it because I love it? And if I don't love it, why am I doing it? And what do I really love doing? What I really love, loved doing was working in television, writing and directing um, comedy drama. And I was good at it, you know, um, got a BAFTA nomination. So you don't get that for nothing. Here's a certificate just behind the director's chair, just up there on the wall. Um, so I thought, okay, I am going to focus on getting back into telly. And that was kind of the autumn last year. And just focus on that. I will have to do some of the work that I'm I'm been doing at the moment to pay the bills. But my focus, I've been in this forced dip because of the kids, but I can dig it myself out of it. Um, I have been a member of Directors UK Disability Working Group. So they knew me and I knew them and they were offering a mentoring scheme for 2022, which I applied for and I got on. And my mentor is now Ed By, director of um, Vicar of Dibley, Red Dwarf. I mean, yeah, you can't get better in narrative comedy drama. He's my mentor. I saw him a couple of days ago in his lovely four-story townhouse in Notting Hill. I mean, he's done well. And we had lovely, and it just reminds me, I knew what I was talking about. I've got an interview on Monday for the BBC. I'm being interviewed by the uh, one of the comedy commissioners and one of the assistant comedy commissioners. Um, I've already written and directed my first bit of comedy TV just before, two days before my operation, I was directing it. Um, and it's just like, this is what I'm doing. And I can see, yes, it's slow at the moment, but it's going to go like that. And then I will be one of the few people in my area of expertise. And so I've dug myself out of the dip. I could have stayed in the dip of doing the networking and trying to build a business and try, which isn't me, which isn't where my passion is. Oh, yeah. And I would have gone round and round or got stuck in the cul-de-sac. And lots of lots and lots of people stay stuck in a cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. So even reading those 30 pages was enough to think, Neil, you're being a stupid idiot trying to make something of something you don't really enjoy and it's not your passion. Yeah, it's interesting because getting it's a lovely story. Uh, and what it shows is when you carry on doing things that you don't enjoy doing, it just creates a world of misery. And that's how people get into addictive behaviours or uh, things that actually just I, make them feel that I could do it. Don't get me wrong. There are parts of it that I enjoyed doing. You yeah. know, I got to work with some lovely people and stuff, but it wasn't where my passion is. It's not my purpose of being here. Yeah. You know, my purpose. And, and, and the thing is, I'm I'm selling myself as a a writer and director of narrative comedy drama specializing in working with disabled cast and crew. Yeah. So yes, there are a lot of directors out there who can write and do comedy. And if I was coming in at my level, I probably wouldn't stand a chance. None of them have the experience that I have experienced working with disabled cast yeah. and writing for them. So yeah. that's going to make me, so I've made myself a very, very narrow niche that I will be the best at in the UK. That's where I'm at. Yeah. you know and then I will be yeah oh that's just fantastic and I love Seth Godin because everything that he does is uh you know so it's interesting it's only did you say 73 pages oh something like that I mean let's have a look how many pages is it it's the last page number 
is 80, 80, 80. pages, so, not including the acknowledgements at the end. All right, so 82, <laughs> 81. Um, but his, his work, he says really power, he has really powerful messages that he says in uh, very few words. So he, yes. he's really, really good. Brilliant. Yeah, and it, it just kind of, yeah, it's one of those things that I needed to read at the time. And I was doing a network group that, you know, we were both in and I was also doing uh, 4N and 1N and stuff like that. And I was turning up to meetings and I was coasting. I'm thinking, well, I've done an hour and a half of work. No, I hadn't. I've done an hour and a half of sitting in front of me, a Zoom screen pretending to do work because that was something that passed the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very much so stuck in a cul-de-sac. Linking between you and Seth, so you're you're now uh, finding your way of getting your message across, and you're doing it through the medium of comedy and through comedy, yeah, real life situations that people can relate to as well. I I remember um, one of the very first things I directed for the BBC was a co-production with the children's television workshop, who were the makers of Sesame Street, and they were they're the world's best at combining entertainment and education yeah and they said to me if you can make the punchline of the sketch the point you want to make the kids will remember it oh wow and that's what i do so if i can get the climax of the scene or the punchline of the scene the point people laugh they remember the emotional feeling yeah. and they attach the information to that feeling mm -hmm. if i just say you need to do that or learn that or whatever. It goes in one ear and out the other because they don't have an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. You need that emotional attachment. So that's why, you know, you said, you know, that's a lovely story. Stories are emotional and yeah. people remember. You'd never say, well, that was an, in well, you would say that was an interesting fact. Or an interesting what point. <laughs> yeah. What happens with that? How yeah. long do you remember it? Yeah, no, quite. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing your work on screen then eventually. How, how long do we need to wait to be able to see? Um... Well, I would love to say, so here it is. There's the series at the moment that's sitting with Channel 4 is called Small People. I'm hoping, and there's no guarantee with all these things, but this is what I'm hoping and I think will happen. They'll come back soon because they've had it nearly four weeks and they've got to reply within 28 days. So it's almost at that time. They'll come back and say, we like that idea. We'd like you to develop a bit more. So here's some development money, which means I can go away with the producer, write a few scripts, get a script editor in, maybe do some screen tests with some possible actors. That will go back to Channel 4, and then they'll say, yeah, we like it, or no, we don't. If they do, then that's when production could happen. Would it happen this year? I don't know. I think what would could happen is we'd start writing it this year, shoot next year. So maybe kind of middle of next year you'll see it on your screens but there'll be other stuff by me before then you need a lot of patience for that process don't you it is you know i mean it's really interesting karina who's the producer who actually i met at the bbc well I, I knew from the bbc almost 30 years ago she said oh you know it'll take three months to write a script i said what i wrote the first episode in a day you know i tied it up it took me a week to tidy it up but so yes it can take quite a long time to, to write a script yeah, but no, but the whole thing and the production, you know, selecting the cast. By the way, I'm a small person if you need an extra small person. For your and you see, this is this is the thing, the small person, I'm a small person as well. Um, the small person is the title of the animation series that our oh. lead character makes. Oh. Um, and it's a little, it's a preschool animation series that teaches the kids how to navigate the world. Oh, wow. Problem is, he doesn't have a clue to how to navigate his world and his kids. 
Oh. And that's where the comedy comes because he knows it in his program, but he can't do it in his life. Yeah. So, um, that, well, that's, it, it sounds brilliant. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, <laughs> I got, if, if I don't believe it, yeah. it is. <laughs> All right, Mel, it's been really lovely talking to you. I hope you've all enjoyed uh, listening as well. If you have, uh, do please like and share and maybe give us some comments below about your experience. Take care now.